good Saturday morning and ready to have another uh, interesting discussion. We'll be back with you in just a minute. Have you ever wondered? Have you ever wondered, is there more to the Word of God than just words on the page? Join us for an in-depth journey into the... Have you ever wondered... Okay. Well, I guess we have no music for this morning, which is quite all right. This is uh, another uh, topic, an area that is uh, really important, I think, that we should talk about these things when it comes to people knowing the truth and realities of what's being taught, why it's being taught, how it's being taught. And it's just really important <clears throat> that people really understand the mindset and the ideals of God. Uh, typically, you don't hear uh, this really being pushed a lot in faith circles because they're kind of getting away from talking about it where it's just hugely important, especially for people who are in faith. Well, mainly for people who are in faith. Those who aren't in faith that don't want to have anything to do with God, well, they'll want to have nothing to do or have uh, part of this discussion uh, that we're going to have tonight or today. And it's really interesting because there's a concept that is out there that has been preached and people have taught it. Is it really biblical though? And it's just, uh, it's really important because we don't want to teach things that we don't know. And we don't want to teach things that aren't true according to what the Bible says. So as we look into these topics here, on the title, What About Premarital Sex, Marriage, Divorce, and Fornication? Sean, this is one of those topics that we could probably do multiple well, not probably. We could do multiple sequels <laughs> over and over because there's so much information uh, that we, we can't cover at all. That's for sure. But we'll hit the things today that Mother wants us to talk about, and we'll see what happens from there. The first one, the aspect of premarital sex. It's important for people to know that that's not biblical. 
And I know there are a lot of people out there that would be listening or that will listen to this, that that will set them back, especially if they're in a faith perspective pursuing after God. They'll, they'll profess that the aspect of premarital sex is in the Bible. Well, it's not. It's not biblical perspective. Now, let's give some clarification on the aspect of premarital sex. If there was going to be any avenue that would refer to premarital sex, it would be with uh, self-gratification prior to you having a relationship with a male or female. Uh, That would be the only aspect that you might consider to be premarital sex. And here's why. Because the union of two people in that intimate act ultimately is marriage. And people don't know that. You know, we have all these ceremonies and, uh, you know, people have these ceremonies and they think that, well, if I don't have a ceremony, then I'm not married. And there's a lot of people that feel like, you know, they didn't want to get married for one reason or another. And so they don't think they're, they're married. But in the eyes of God, once you have that physical union with somebody, you are married to that person. So that's why it's an impossibility for you to, for you to have that premarital aspect because once you have that with somebody, that's what unites you to them. That's what makes you one with them. Forego any ceremony or anything you do in the public eye. I'm not saying you can't do those things. But there needs to be an understanding of the reality of what is happening. And people are connecting themselves to other people without the intention of staying with them and uh, longevity. And they think that it's okay. And in the eyes of God, it's not. The objective goal is is once you have that union with somebody, you cannot, you cannot break that union. Even Now, it gets stronger and stronger the more that you have that union with somebody. And, and you know, that's, that's a fact as well. But just that one time gives you that union connection with that person where you are married to that person. And then you go and you hook up with somebody else and then you're married to that person. And you could look at this from, you know, that's more than likely that's what King Solomon was doing when he had 700 wives uh, in consideration. And the fact of it is, is because God never, never did God put into place an actual ceremony of, marriage other than the joining of the two the two will become one flesh and 
you know, they, what ceremony do we have with Adam and Eve? You know, what ceremony do we have with Noah? What ceremony do we have with Noah's sons and their wives? And you just go on down the line until somewhere along the way, somebody decided to put a celebration, a, a ceremony into the process, which is fine. Like, there's, there's no uh, problem with having a ceremony for your your celebrating your marriage you know it's just like baptism you you have the immersions into yah first and then you choose you want to be baptized just to show an outward sign but that outward sign does not make you baptized just like the outward sign does not make you married to somebody what makes you married to somebody is that union that you have with them that physical union and that's what makes the bond and that's why when the word of god says what god has put together the way the bible reads it it says let man not separate and translational error what it should have said was man cannot separate it doesn't matter how hard you try to get away from it you will always have that knowledge in your head of that person that you spent that that intimate time with and doing it without the intention of commitment to that person is not appropriate towards God. So if you want to act appropriate in the eyes of God, you make sure that the person that you want to have that union with is the person that you choose that you're going to love. You know, if we've heard this term, make love. No, you can't make love. Love is a choice, and it's a choice by each individual to do what's best for the other. And one person can choose that they're going to do what's best for the other person and the other person not, if you have somebody who's in faith and somebody who's not. But that's not going to make both of them act appropriately. What will make them both act appropriately is when they both decide, make a decision ahead of time, I'm going to love this person regardless of who they are, what they do, I'm making that choice. And then you decide if you're, they're going to be the one that you're going to be united to continually and forever. And the whole aspect of having uh, multiple partners is not a part of God's original plan. And that's the key factor for us in this faith journey is that we want to make sure that we're doing things, not just this, all things, to the best of our ability in accordance with God's design from the beginning. You know, when they were talking about marriage and divorce and Messiah told them it was not this way from the beginning. That means that when God created this, the design of this was for this one thing, 
and you have made it into something else because your your hearts were hard and so Moses gave you the opportunity for a uh, ceremony of divorce I mean you have a ceremony of marriage and in essence you have a ceremony of divorce which takes place in the uh, court of law and well there's more to that as well but it's just huge to know that first you should make a choice to love somebody before you do that now there are many people who are quote unquote married in this world and who are seemingly following god but they're not loving each other they're loving self because they haven't made that determination to love the other person and what that means is that means that you're not going to browbeat them over the flaws that they have you're going to understand that you have flaws they have flaws and we just have to work together in order to work things out and to be able to come uh closer and closer and every time you have that union with somebody you that that's a there's a bond that takes place and that bond is designed in the human condition that you cannot break it there's only one thing that can break that bond and that's in the bible it's scriptural and messiah uh, brought this into light and that is the death of one or the other. That is the only thing that will give you that separation from that union marriage in the eyes of God that you had that intimate relationship that that truly will break that bond, or not the bond, but it'll break the, uh, the tie that you have. And this is why divorce is so hard because you can't break away because you still have to deal with that person and you still have to deal with that person that you've been intimate with. And a lot of times you, that pull draw wants to draw you back to that person. But both people stay on a, you know, you're, you're on these waves of up and down. And if you're in the area of reconciliation, a lot of times the opposite partner is not on the line of reconciliation. And the best way is you decide that you're going to get on the line of reconciliation and you're going to stay there until they return to that line of reconciliation. Well, if both parties, no matter what took place, no matter what went on, if both parties set their mind to that, no, I'm going to reconcile this because it's, it's the right thing before God. That's what we're going to do. Uh, Paul says that a woman's not a uh, woman if she divorces her husband if she wants to be married again then she should go back to the husband she left and it says men do not divorce your wives okay so in the eyes of God it's not a permittable perspective and people use with Messiah they use what he said and they misconstrue what he was saying he wasn't saying that you can get divorced he was saying who's going to get the blame if you divorce her and she goes and marries another her adultery is on you but if she leaves you 
than her adulteries on her. That's the concept and the understanding that he was bringing when he spoke about divorce. He would not, if his father in Malachi said, I hate divorce, he's not going to agree with divorce. So uh, just going back to the, the concept that the aspect and the understanding of premarital sex, which is, and I, I understand why they, they're trying to get people to understand that, you know, you shouldn't do this before you're married. Well, that, that's true. You shouldn't have that union with anybody until you've made a decision that it's permanent and it's not going to end. And if you have true faith in God, your desire is to do God's will, you will have a mindset of, I'll, I'll never get divorced. I will never divorce my wife. And even if she leaves me, now I'm not going to uh, be unpeaceable and f- try to force her to stay, but I'm not going to s- sign divorce papers or I'm not going to have anything to do with that. But you have to have that faith in God where you've put self to death because that's one of the biggest problems in not just marriage, but in the world today is you getting upset because of how things affect you and not because of, well, this isn't right for everybody involved. This, you know, because you get mad at somebody else and you're yelling and screaming or you're doing whatever and have in that time, you have no mindset of what the kids are feeling, what, what kids are saying and how are they doing that. And then, you know, with that aspect of kids, that just tie, makes that bond even that much more because now the two of you have become one flesh in actuality where that can you separate a child to take out the parts of the father from the parts of the mother? Absolutely not. And because of that, that's the same concept of the bond, even if it hadn't led to children yet, you still have that bond that is an unbreakable bond until death. That's the, the only uh, breaking thing that can happen to truly separate you from that person. Now, you can separate yourself physically in the world, but you still are married. That means anybody, you know, some of us have had promiscuous uh, past where we've, uh, had that union with more than one person, well, you're tied to those people until you or they die. And this isn't a thing saying, you know, at this point, you know, you're married now, you're in faith, you got to go find those people and go, no, this this is about what you do from here forward. Uh, because then the, the other way you would just bring so many other problems uh, into the mix but it's about knowing what we know now and making sure that we're going to follow God's path, God's plan. That's what God wanted in the beginning was it was man and woman, man. Adam didn't have a choice between three or four other women. Now God said, here's Eve. She came out of you. Here she is. So that was again, kind of like a prearranged marriage. He didn't have a choice, and but, it, well, he did have a choice. He had to choose choice to love her or to love himself. And they both went the same path where they loved themselves, but they still had that union. And 
it's a union bond that lasts forever. So when we say there's no such thing as premarital sex, we're not advocating people just going ahead and doing, yeah, it's okay to, to go have that intimate connection with somebody and then move on to somebody else. No, we're, we're not saying that at all. What we're saying is make a decision first by studying the person that I'm going to love this person. And when you do, it's your choice. It's your choice to decide if you're going to have that union, whether you have a celebration or not. And once you have that physical union, you are tied to that person until death. Phil, morning to you. Haven't seen you in a few days. And uh, good to be back with everybody and just enjoying mothers, bringing revelation out that, you know, we've been given and to give it to other people. And I've got many thoughts on this and I'll just, I'll go with what's coming to mind and we'll just see where your thoughts go from here. But had this come to mind that Messiah made a statement when he was talking about parables and he says, if I bring to you earthly things and you don't understand, how can you understand spiritual things? So we're starting out with this, with the, the physical aspects, which ultimately will get us to the spiritual, which is, as it says in Hebrews that, you know, the law, like the physical is a shadow of the realities themselves. So yes, Yah is concerned about this. But the ultimate with this is to help us understand the spiritual realm because Yah is spirit and that these concepts here are spiritual, but it's the physical understanding that brings the way to the spiritual. It's not the reverse. It's not spiritual first and physical. So the aspect of the fornication, which is, and you had mentioned this, is fornication is like the term of sex before marriage, which, you know, fornication, like if you're, if you're having, if you've had that intimate union with somebody, then that's, that's marriage. Just like you said that, that when you have that bond with the person that you become united with them, that ultimately what happens is that if there's no protection and you go through the process that a child will be produced, well, the child, and the word says that what Yah has brought together, man cannot separate. You have a child that you can't separate the two beings out of that person. You ever notice that when you look at children, somebody say, well, you look like your father or you look like your mother. Well, that's what it's supposed to be because you're a mix of both. And that's why even Messiah, they had asked, well, you know, show us your father. Well, you know, why do you say, show me the father? You've seen me, you've seen the father. And that's the thing is I'm a a joint connection of my father and mother that you're going to see me doing the same thing because we're, we're one. And with Solomon that he had all these wives. And I remember just hearing that before. It's like, man, you know, you would have, and this would be the worldly understanding. Wow. You have like 700 wives. You have to take care of them. They're living in your house. And man, that would be, but I didn't think about it from the truth of he's, had that intimate act was 700 at least. And I don't know the exact number. And what came to mind was with that is he's got a relationship with him. He may not be pursuing it, but he's got a connection to all those women and those women to him. So this is a, 
a warning from God that be careful when you make this union with somebody because you think it's just, you know, you have this, you get what you want and you put them to the side. Well, you don't realize that you've got that connection with that person. And like you said, until death, that you've got some kind of connection, you'll have memories, you'll have thoughts, something will tie you to them. And out of scripture, I didn't know if you were going to bring this one out, but there's one where knowing for sure that this is the way it is, is when Messiah came up to the woman at the well and he was talking to her and he said, go and call your husband. And she says, well, I don't have a husband. Well, you're correct when you say you have no husband, you had five husbands. Now in her understanding, well, you know, my husband's not here. He's left me. And Yeshua tells her that, yeah, you've had five, meaning that you've had that union with five different men. And that's what this is about. It's about be careful who you unite yourself with, because in the eyes of Yah, that when you have that union with somebody, it's supposed to be forever. It's not supposed to be taken lightly that you just have this intimate act with somebody and then you just throw them to the side and just like they're an object. And that's what happens in the world is men and women use each other for selfishness to get pleasure from this act. And there is pleasure in it, but the true pleasure is really the bonding with that person. And yeah, I put this into place intentionally so that, and Phil, you know, this just, we had talked about this before that the, the actual sexual act, if there wasn't pleasure in it, what would be the point of doing it? So yeah, I put that there so that there would be a draw to create like kind, because if not, you know, there, you wouldn't find any pleasure in it. You wouldn't be drawn to it. But what happens is when selfishness takes over that you're doing it just to get what you want for your own pleasure. And you don't have any mindset of actually bonding and having a union to make the bond even stronger. Cause each time you have, um, referred to as skin on skin contact, that's, there's a bonding there. You know, even if you think about this, think about your life, you may not have had the actual sexual intercourse with somebody, but you touch somebody, you hold somebody's hand, you hug somebody, you know, be careful who you do that with because the skin on skin contact uh, it is a big deal. And when Yah is teaching about this, it's about having that bond forever. And Yah makes it state, a very clear statement. Like you said, I hate divorce. Because the point of coming together as one is meaning that you come together as one, that you're unified. And the marriage ceremony, because I've had the marriage ceremony just like you have, and I actually had the same thought that you did about baptism, that you, you know, you must be baptized, meaning that, you know, you must have this uh, one immersion into all three aspects of, of Yah. But if you don't have the actual outward, is the outward what Yah is looking for? No, the outward is just a sign of the inward. And we have to be careful not to lean on our own understanding because our own understanding gets us into trouble. And for those listening, remember when we started this podcast, or you may or may not know, we talked about the brainwashing and the mind control and the cognitive dissonance to where be careful what hits your ears. You know, what do you mean there's no premarital sex? Okay, well, again, Take this into mind because there's an understanding of what is the point of the sexual intercourse anyway. It's so that you can be one 
with the other person. You know, because you you read in the Word and it says that Messiah says that me and the Father are one. I'm in him, he's in me. He's not talking about two men having sexual intercourse. You know, that would, that's, it's, it's talking about you being united as one, which you can use the actual sexual act to show that it's to be two people becoming one. But the point that he's saying is it's about that me and my father are unified that, and that's what he's saying is when, if you've seen me, you've seen the father, we're one. So we do the same thing. So it's not that you're going to see my father separately and he's a totally different uh, being. He does things totally different. No, we do the same thing. So it's not that he's different than me. We're, we're the same, but it's, it's don't lean on your own understanding with this open you know, set your mind that you're going to have an open mind and just listen to these things. And this is biblical because it makes it clear that, you know, you claim to be in Messiah. Is Messiah joined to a prostitute or a harlot? And we say, no, absolutely not. Well, that's the thing is that if you're saying that you're being joined, that you're in Messiah, that you're joined to God, then Yah is not having a relationship with a prostitute. So this goes deeper than just the fiscal. This goes to the union with the person and with the gospel message, we're bringing out the truth of you can be united with God and be in Messiah. Well, think about being in union with Messiah. Does Yah want you to be in union with Messiah with sin in your life? Well, absolutely not, because Messiah is not going to join himself to somebody that remains in sin. Now, there is sin that you you still have sin as you walk in repentance, but that is sin that leads to righteousness, not sin that leads to death. So what Abba is doing, Abba and Emer are doing, is it's a prearranged marriage for you to be married to their son, and they take you through the steps so that you can be prepared to give that full commitment, because when you're in Messiah, that's just like you've had that union and Messiah is not going to be joined to somebody that has sin in their heart. So that's why you have the circumcision of the heart, so that you can be joined to him and remain in him and be the bride. The bride without spot, without wrinkle, is talking about those that don't have sin. So this is a, a physical aspect to understand the spiritual, because Yah hates divorce. Well, how do we reconcile the fact of you separate from the enemy? in order to be with Yeshua, well, you die because of the written code. You put yourself to death. So by death, you separate yourself from the one you were married to. So in essence, you don't divorce the enemy. Well, you don't, you do divorce. Well, let me get this right. You die, which means that there is no divorce because you die and that sets you free from the, the sin that you were captive to, and then now you can be married to Yeshua. So even Yon, their plan, they don't go against who they are when they say they hate divorce because people would say, well, you've got a divorce from the enemy, but no, you die to the enemy's ways. You die to sin, and therefore then, because the word says that um, the law puts you to death so that you can be married to another and be raised with Yeshua. So this, I'm just seeing this as a a great way to understand and correct the misunderstanding about the how to approach uh, sex with and that sexual intercourse with other people. 
But I'm just saying that this is a deeper aspect of it's going to the spiritual so that Yah's bringing this out so that we can tie this to the gospel message and people can understand the actual spiritual aspect, which is really the most important is that union with God. And when you make a commitment to God, God is going to be faithful. You know, God is not going to be sleeping around with multiple partners. You know, Yah is going to be fully committed to you. And that's the thing is Yah has made a way that you can be fully committed to them through their son, that you can actually have marriage to God because Yeshua is going to be faithful. He's not going to divorce his bride. But that's the thing is when you're united with him, you know, until you die and it's completely sealed that you still have the opportunity to walk away from it. But the point is, is that know that you make that commitment that you're steadfast, that you're going to do this. So this goes much deeper than just bringing out information on, you know, having that act, but people aren't, you know, thinking about this. You're not thinking about, wow, you know, am I, where am I doing this to God? If I've slept around, you know, do make sure that I'm not doing this to God because, you know, if I say I'm fully committed to God, let me find a place where I can be fully committed and be without sin. So I can actually be joined to Yah in marriage. And that's the whole point of this. Abba is looking for those that, want to be, have that desire to be righteous. And okay, those are the ones that can be united to my son. But in order to be united to my son, my son is not going to be united with sin. So we've got to figure out a way here so that my son can have a bride and we can produce godly offspring, but that is not going to be if sin still remains. So this even goes back to Yah's plan of, okay, get to the place where you die to self, where you can get away from the enemy and be married to God, but God is not going to be joined to somebody that has sin. Yeah, and it, just a thought that came to mind when you were talking about that was that's why the uh, in Hebrews when it talks about walking away from faith where you would actually be divorcing the Son of God someone that you've committed that your life is theirs and theirs alone, and then you're going back to the old way of life, that which you died from, you're raising that up again. And that, so in essence, what you're doing is you're divorcing Messiah. And when you divorce Messiah, after you've had the fullness of uh, faith in him, then there's nothing left but a fearful expectation of fire and judgment. And because you're in, you're in divorce. And so you can't be with him because of the decision you made, but the only way you can be separated from him is to die. And now you've already given up your first death to have faith in him. So your second death is the eternal burning and there's no coming back from that. There's no union and you're not going to be united with the enemy in that because the enemy is going to burn just like everybody else who's in that place. And so it's just, uh, just interesting that when you look at it, uh, it just goes along with what the word says and the concepts that lie within the word. And just real quick, I'm going to give the 
definition for fornication from Hebrew translation. Um, and this will give you the Hebrew perspective, which would have put it one step closer to God, but I'll clarify in a minute. The uh, translation, there's four different words uh, in the Hebrew that relate to fornication. And in all four, they, they pretty much, they cross over uh, the whole concept. Uh, the first one says whoredom, harlotry, fornication, prostitution, lewdness, adultery. This is the second one. Lewdness, adultery, fornication, infidelity, prostitution. The third one, prostitution, whoredom, fornication, and the last one, fornication. What people need to know that in the eyes of God, that what is fornication? Okay, because there's, you have the union of man, and then you have, it talks about fornication, that no fornicator will be in the kingdom of God. What is a fornicator? Is anybody, from a sin perspective, it's anybody who carries out any act of the physical union or any act of a sexual nature that is not with the intention of you being uh, bound to an individual for life, for life in this world. So it's just important to understand, you know, because, well, you have prostitution is a part of it. Uh, Self-gratification would be part of it. Anything, anything that comes from a uh, sexual nature that has nothing to do with bonding with the other individual is fornication. And here's where it's really important because unfortunately, because of the programming in this world and the programming of Christianity, people are living in that union with somebody else. You know, they, and they're professing that they have this marriage with that one person. But yet, they're not using it as a bond with the other person because how many of those marriages have adulteries going on? And how many of those marriages probably, uh, a great, the greatest percentage of them have people in the midst of self-gratification and the physical union in their minds is about the pleasure. It's not about the uh, actually wanting to bond and have a union with that person because in order for you to be united with somebody, it's not just a physical uniting. You, you have to uh, be able to figure out how to bond with them physically, which is that's one the aspect we're talking about. But the aspect of being bound to somebody is not just physical but it's emotional and spiritual connection as well. So when you're having that union with somebody, are you thinking about that this is a physical, spiritual, and emotional bond that we should be working on? And that emotional part of it, 
comes, you know, through conversations and through talking, and I'm not talking about arguments. Arguments are not conversations. Uh, they are people uh, trying to get their opinions out because of selfishness. But it, it's a reality that if you do it for any other reason, so you have many people who are quote-unquote married and they think they're okay, but they're living in fornication. And I would say most of the people claiming faith would not be sharing with their spouse their self-gratification that they've had or they're, they're, they're doing and they're in the midst of. And whether you share it or not, it still doesn't change the fact that it's still fornication. Because what are you doing it for? You're doing it for the pleasure. And like you had brought up, the act that God put in place at the beginning is not for pleasure. It's We know that pleasure is a part of it, but it's not for the pleasure. It's for the bond to that person. And like you said, it, the, the pleasure is there, so we will return to it. That You wouldn't be able to have a uh, reproduction of filling the earth with humankind if the pleasure wasn't involved in that aspect. Unfortunately, there's a lot of times when that act brings more uh, discomfort than it does comfort because one individual may be all about getting what they want and what they need, and then they get it, and then they're done, and you leave the other person in frustration. So every time that they uh, are called upon for that, they won't do it willingly, and they won't seek to pursue to do it because it's not pleasurable to them. And that's part of the proof that once it becomes impleasurable then you don't pursue it and a lot of times in marriages you know you get rejected you get rejected you get rejected well after you get rejected for so long you you built up resentment and therefore you get to a place where you choose you're not going to pursue it because it's just frustration instead of pleasure and so there's a balance in it where if you want to truly bond to somebody, you have to do it physically, spiritually, and emotionally. That means you have to be, uh, you, man, you have to figure out how to uh, gratify the emotional connection that the wife needs. And you also need to figure out how to gratify the spiritual connection that she needs. The because I, in my experience, if you employ the, the later two, then there won't be an issue with the intimate perspective. But it can't be intimate if there's some sort of frustration or hesitation. It really, in, in concept by both people, it should truly be about the other person. You shouldn't be thinking about yourself and what it's doing for you rather than 
how is this affecting the other person and how can I make it better if it's not optimal for what it is? What can I do? And this may entail some conversations back and forth and, um, you know, getting to know and understand. But in order for you to really uh, embrace the united perspective, it needs to be a desire. You, you need to desire the other person, but not from the physical perspective, but from all three. And here's an interesting fact, okay? And you can do the math. Uh, I would say, if you do the math, the largest majority of people in the world, okay, are sexual beings less than 1% of their lives, okay? And that's, that. now, there are people who are more active and maybe a little bit more, uh, but a lot of times those people on the fornication side and they're moving from partner to partner, from part, you know, partner, 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 and, you know, what are they doing it for? Well, you're doing it for the pleasure perspective. You're not doing it for the bonding because, the intention is not that you're bond you're being bound to multiple people and though there were people in the bible who had multiple wives nowhere in the bible does god condone multiple wives he didn't give adam multiple wives we don't have an account of noah that i know of that he had multiple wives and again as corruption goes on people have added that and, well, if you're going to have that union with multiple people, then make sure you're, in your mind, you're prepared and willing to take care of those people, to uh, treat them right and treat them fairly, because that's the concept that uh, Yah has when it comes to marriage. And it's just know that... The sex is not for pleasure. Pleasure is for the sex. The, 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 and when I call it sex, I, I don't even like using that term because I prefer to use, if you're doing it for the right perspective, it's not going to be sex to you. When it's sex, it's a chore. It's, it's, it's a chore. Just get it done or you're, you're just going after the pleasure. But I would refer to it as the bond that we need to be seeking the bond, but not just the physical, because truly, and people are programmed in the world by the pornography and the, the, all the stuff that you can get access to that, that people are, they, they, just, they, they just want it all the time. And well, it's, you know, and I can't necessarily speak from the female perspective, but I can from the male perspective. When you look at that picture, uh, or that movie or that whatever it is you're looking at. They're not wanting you. In your mind, you're looking at it because that what you have in front of you can't reject you. But if that person was actually right there in front of you, she'd be like, get away from me, you freak. I don't want to have anything to do with you. And if, and if she's about 
wanting to be with any, anybody and everybody, why would you want to be with her anyway? Because the whole objective goal from a faith perspective is that you have that unified bond with the individual that you are married to. And that, again, that marriage being that union of the flesh, the joining the two together. And even in the, uh, the concept of the Hebrew marriage, they had, it was a pre-set up perspective. We talked about this before with a ketubah, where before they had that union, they had an agreement that was made. And this is what I'm going to do. And this is what she's going to do. I'm going to provide this. She's going to provide that. And, but in that concept, even before they had that physical union, once they signed that ketubah, it was considered that they have made the decision they're going to be joined to that person. And the intention was that you don't back away because it would have taken a divorce then to break that in the world perspective. But the, it would be better for you to break that vow if you're not locked into it before you have that physical union with somebody and we live in a day and age where you're not thinking about having that that marriage bond to somebody that's going to last forever or last a lifetime uh, in the eyes of God. You, you're thinking about the pleasure that comes from it, and therefore you do the act without realizing that you've married yourself to that person. And in the process of doing that, if you move on to others or you have self-gratification, then you are just living a married life in fornication. It doesn't, you can be with one individual, but if you're having self-gratification, then that's fornication. And therefore it's not appropriate in that marriage because it was created for both to enjoy together, not one by themselves on their own. Phil, you've heard of prenuptial agreements. Don't they necessarily get a negative connotation in this world? Well, no, you don't you don't want a prenuptial agreement because then they'll just take everything if but I just thought about this, a prenuptial agreement. Well, before I get into this commitment, I'm gonna make sure before I am I'm committed to this person that you count the cost. So even Messiah making a count the cost that it make sure that you know what you're getting into before you agree, because I'm agreeing to this. I'm willing to get, to give my life for it. Are you willing to give your life? And cause I, I was just sitting there like that. I don't think I've ever heard somebody say, Oh yeah. Prenuptial agreement is just the best thing. It's, Oh man, if you get somebody that wants that, forget it. But think about it. Hey, before we commit to each other, do we realize what we're doing here? Let, let's have an agreement that I'm going to love you the way that God, the way Messiah loved the church, that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to love you the the same way I'm giving my life for you. Okay. And then you make that agreement and you're fully committed to that person. Cause that's what Yah is looking for is that full commitment. Well, that's what marriage is supposed to be. Marriage to anyone in the eyes of Yah is full commitment, you know, going into a covenant agreement that even Yah was talking about Israel, that I became a husband to them. But they were the ones that were unfaithful. So since they were unfaithful, we're going to make a way to where we can be reconciled again, to where we can be married, that 
you can worship me in spirit and in truth. And I'm just seeing this more, um, and we didn't talk about it in the thing, but pornography is another big thing because you're looking at images for selfishness reasons to get pleasure from it. And I'll even take it a step further. Like you said, the, the, the girl or the guy would reject you. But if you saw them in person, well, you didn't look like that in the video. You're, you would reject them, but no, I wouldn't do that. Well, even, even if the video was posted, let's say a month ago, that if somebody were to say, yeah, we're going to go visit them and you pull up to their house and you open up the door of their house and it's kind of like one of those hoarder shows that trash is everywhere, stuff is everywhere. You know, if you're not a smoker, you smell cigarette smoke, cigar smoke, and you're like, I don't want any part of this. What? And they're there with somebody and they're the the girl was in sweatpants and a, a sweatshirt and you're like, and she's got glasses and her hair. And it's like, that isn't what I saw. And they're like, yeah, it's work. What, you know, I'm not, I don't want to be with you. It's just a job to me. I don't care. I get paid well. And, and that's the thing. It's a, it's a facade that it's not real. It's just an image. And ultimately you don't want that. I mean, you think that you do, but you, you hit it, the nail on the head because I've, in the past really having a problem with this of you want that acceptance no matter what. And when you look at those images or movies, not one time will there be a rejection from any man or woman, you know, a man or woman, if you're watching it and that's how the enemy does his work is I'm going to get you trapped to where you're going to go here for pleasure instead of really looking for a true bond. And I've got you locked in and you'll justify it and all these other things. But, but that's the thing is that the intention of it was not, for it to be out there just for selfish pleasure. And it's interesting because like you said, the purpose of it, the purpose of it being pleasure is to seek after the bond of it. It's not to get selfish pleasure from it because in the word it says, put on love and love is referred to as the bond of perfection. Well, if you love somebody, you're going to do the best for them and for everybody. And is it really the best thing for, you to be lying around naked and doing this all day long. Of course it's not. So don't pursue that. And, and even as men, if we, if we're being honest, men listening out there that you would not want your wife doing what you see in pornography all day long because, Oh yeah, it would be no, because you would say, look, I got to work. I got to, and, and no, I don't, you would, cause it ultimately comes back to the selfishness of you. It, you want it when you want it. it. It's not the fact that, yeah, I want it all the time. No, you want it when you want it and you just want to use the other person as an object. And that's not the point of it. And there's just so many things that that will go into because all this tying together, like the divorce, the pornography, even masturbation. So that's the thing with what we're doing with the truth of God. You know, we're not going to go, Hey, Philip, we don't talk about masturbation. We don't talk about porn. No, that it's not that we just go around and shove it down somebody's throat, but that's a, Masturbation is self pleasure. So Yah wants us to get away from selfishness. Well, you pleasure yourself in essence. Well, not in essence, you're having sex with another man. So if anybody as a man claims or, well, I'm, I'm not a homosexual. Well, go back and look at your life. If you've ever masturbated, then you're having homosexual behavior, but you don't look at it that way. And that's the thing. It's not, it's, understanding from the truth perspective, these things so that in the godly life, you know, this is the godly life. And, uh, 
No, godly living isn't about selfish pleasure. It's about getting pleasure from doing what is right, because there is pleasure in doing what is right. But you don't do what is right to get the pleasure. You, you do what is right because it's right to do, and it, it does feel good. But the purpose of this, I'm just saying it's a, it's to help people to take another thing where you've been leaning on your own understanding and lean on the understanding of God. It's gain the understanding of God so that you can live this the right way. That Think about all the people that have gotten divorced, and you can look at celebrities you know, in the world that they have a big divorce settlement and they pay such and such money. Well, that's to show us that there's going to be pain and struggle in divorce. So don't get divorced. If you want to avoid this, this struggle of can the alimony payments and child support and the pain is there to tell you this isn't the right way. Don't get divorced. If you want to be reconciled with somebody, go back to the one that you've married yourself to and that's the best way to do it because if not, the pain is going to be there and you may think, oh yeah, well, it's just so much better because I'm free. Like I've heard that on, oh man, the divorce is final and now I'm free. It's like, no, you're not free. You're still bound to that person, but you suppress that by other things to get your mind off of it. But you know that when you're at home, like we said this before, you're laying in bed or you're in your own thoughts that, you know, you have regrets and you think about what, what has been, what could have been. And I just see that, yeah, that, that's part of that's part of the consequence, that cause and effect of, no, don't get divorced because you want to uh, reconcile that pain and, and put that to death and go back to the person and work it out. And then you'll see, hey, this is the right way to do it. And I'm just seeing this more as just deeper understanding of the gospel message is that the point of it just makes it clear and clear that in Messiah is no sin. And if you are going to be joined to him as one, there cannot be sin in your life anymore. And that's why he gave his life so that you give your life, you can be united with him and in him is no sin. So thinking about it from the infidelity and the sexual immorality and the fornication, well, get away from sexual immorality which is living that life of sin, which is against God, and be joined to Messiah. And it makes sense that that's why sin has to be taken out of your heart, that it goes to the body of flesh. So when you're united with him, the sin stays in the body of flesh, and you're without sin, you're united with him. And that's the bride of Messiah, without spot and without wrinkle, is no sin. And that's who Messiah is going to be joined to. Um, Abba and Emma are not going to allow him to be joined with somebody that has sin. And that's why he says, get away from me. I never knew you, you who practice lawlessness, you have no part in me. You're not connected to me because if you were in me, you would have gotten away from sin and get away from it. And because Yah is not going to, that's the point of the prearranged marriage is to get people that are going to be fully committed to God and get them on that path. And then in the end, we're told that the marriage supper where all are united. Those that are in him are united with him and you have the wedding banquet. So there is going to be a, a, a banquet where you get to drink the good wine. And, but I'm just seeing this more as transitioning from understanding the, when you understand the physical aspect of it, then you can understand and put the spiritual together. Cause that's the key thing is 
if you can understand the physical part of it, then transfer that. And it makes more sense that, yeah, Moses gave them a certificate of divorce, but it makes it clear that it was because of the hardening of their hearts. It wasn't the will of God, but because of your hardened heart, okay, you can get divorced, but this isn't the way. But, and you had brought this up that people will attempt to justify divorce by, well, Messiah said that you can divorce. No, he's in full agreement with his mother and father, and they hate divorce. He is not going to allow and say that divorce is right. And and it's true because, yeah, if you if you divorce your wife and she marries somebody else, yeah, you're responsible because you're the one that separated from her. But if she uses on her own, you're not guilty of any adultery because you didn't divorce her. She did that. Or he, you know, vice versa. But it's just so critical to understand the truth of it because that will i'm just seeing how this is just such a help to understand the spiritual aspect of this and it's really important that just going to say this fact here that we're not talking to the people in the world who enjoy doing those things and want to do them for their own pleasure we're not talking to them we're not talking to anybody other than somebody who wants to seek god with all of their heart that truly wants to live a life holy and pleasing to the Lord, these are the things that are necessary for you to hear. So just so it doesn't get misconstrued that we're browbeating people in the world. No, we're not to judge them. God will judge them. Uh, We'll judge those inside the church. So now if you're inside the church and you're professing you have faith in Messiah and you're doing these things, which you are, then and you haven't gotten away from them, then it's a problem. That how many people see divorce means to separate from. That that's what it means. It means to separate from someone. Well, how many people don't get divorced because they don't believe in divorce? But they don't see the hypocrisy that they're living divorced lives while they're together. You're doing completely separate things. You do your thing, she does her thing, vice versa, and uh, you don't spend much time together. Well, how do you have that emotional and spiritual connection if you don't spend time together and if you don't spend time how do you have a spiritual connection if you don't spend time talking about the word of god and the truth of god and uh, what's involved in it and then how do you have the emotional connection if you're not spending time together so divorce is not just okay we're getting divorced and you're living somewhere else and i'm no it's it's just as sneaky as you're living at home with somebody thinking that you're not divorced, but the reality is, is that you're living divorced lives because you're not having the only union you may have might be that physical union. And because of that, that's what brings frustration, aggravation, contention, fights, quarrels, because we're not united in all three aspects. We're not even united in any of them because The purpose is either, well, I have to do this or I'm doing it for the pleasure or whatever 
other reason you might come up with rather than, no, I really enjoy having this bond. And I can promise this, whatever you think that it, uh, how good it feels, you have no idea how good it can feel when you do it from God's perspective. When, When you walk in it more and more, doing things right, that it's much more pleasurable because you're you're having a pleasure. And I'm not just talking from the physical perspective. I'm talking from a marriage relationship where you are pleased more and more to be with that person. You don't mind being with that person. You like hanging out with that person. You like doing things with them because you've had those other connections as well as the physical connection. And so it's just really important that people understand that just because you're quote unquote still married in this world does not mean you're not living a divorced life in your house and not seeing it. I'm not saying that it's purposed and intentional. It could be at times uh, purposed and intentional. And we come to an agreement where we're going to live in the same house, but we're, we're not going to have anything to do with each other. Well, it could be that way, but Again, this is uh, stuff that we have been programmed over years of worldly stuff. And because it's programming, it's in our lower conscience, it's in our subconscious, because it's in our subconscious, we can't see it until we start digging and looking for it. And so just again, it's really important to understand that, you know, if you're having any kind of pleasure and your partner's not involved, is that not fornication? And it is fornication because it's all about you and the pleasure you get rather than setting in your mind, no, I want to be, I want to have that tight bond that you don't see very much in this world with uh, marriage relationships, that I I don't want to just be bound in physical, but it's even more important for the physical, I mean, for the uh, emotional and spiritual, because you are a much more emotional being and a much more spiritual being than you are a sexual being. And so those things that get neglected because of pleasure, you can't have a good binding relationship because you're neglecting the greater things that give you that good feeling and unified perspective. And I haven't always had that with my wife. Faith is what has changed that. And that's why we say we're not talking to unfaithful people who don't want to have anything to do with God. We're talking to people, one, who claim faith in God, but really don't have it. But they're claiming it, and because you're claiming it, then you put yourself in the area of being judged by it. But we're really talking to those who want to know the truth, who want to have just that the best faith relationship with God that they can have, and this entails you digging in and figuring out, what does God want? That's what I want to do, and I'm going to figure out, okay, we look at this aspect of marriage, that marriage is nothing more than you having the 
physical bond with somebody along with the emotional and spiritual. And that's what God intended from the beginning. So that once you have that emotional, spiritual, and physical bond with somebody, you are married to that person until they die. And it's a good thing. And it's a great uh, aspect of life that I wish I would have figured out long before now. But I spent too much time seeking after my own selfishness. And then you know, finally coming to faith, that is what has given me the opportunity to be able to learn and grow in these aspects. And when I say I desire my wife, I'm not talking from the physical perspective. Yes, is that a part of it? Certainly. But I'm talking about from the emotional and spiritual perspective as well, uh, and more so because we are more united now than we've ever been not because of the physical connection, we had that all along, but because of the spiritual and emotional connection that is uh, continuing to increase and grow. I'm not perfect at it. Uh, I'm still learning uh, aspects of it, but that's my objective goal is that I'm going to learn it. I'm going to apply it because I want it to be the best for both of us, not just myself and then that brings a desire you know you can desire somebody physically but what good is that if you don't desire to have that emotional and you don't desire to have that spiritual connection to where you can have regular conversations and you can have spiritual conversations and you can bounce things back and forth and you can weigh things against the word of god and what, what, you know, what are we doing? How are we doing it? And what does the word of God say about this? And that is what will give us the best ability to uh, live in a united, bound relationship. And unfortunately, because of programming, too many people who claim faith in God are not seeing that they're living in divorce, they're living in fornication. And, uh, you know, if you are uh, indulging in self-pleasure, that's adultery. Because it's not intended for you. It's intended for two people in the midst of it. And so you're committing adultery, which is fornication, self-pleasure, which is fornication, And again, anything outside of the intended union, both physical, emotional, and spiritual, is fornication. There's, that's, yes, you're married to somebody, but you're still fornicating because you've got these things going on rather than, no, I'm not doing those things. And you work through a process of getting rid of it and, I'll bring up an aspect that people in uh, Christianity might know because of the movie Fireproof. And, you know, one of the struggles that he was having was the pornography, uh, getting on the computer, and then, you know, the wife comes in the door and he quickly gets off. And, you know, so he's having that struggle, and then he finally decides he's done with it. So he takes out and he destroys his computer. I... 
just beating it up with the baseball bat. All right? That's it. That took care of it. It's done. And too many people look at that and say, yeah, but no, you're going to be back to it. You're going to go back to it because there will always be another computer. There will always be another cell phone. There will always be another magazine. You have to destroy the programming that puts you in that condition to desire that over a physical, spiritual, emotional connection with someone. And in order to do that, you have to take it and get to the point where if it flashes up on a screen, it doesn't bother you. It doesn't have that effect of draw to you. What does it matter that you saw it? If there's no draw for you to have self-gratification or there's no draw for you to think or uh, not think, but um, to lust after that whatever's up there, what does it matter what's up there because you've defeated it because it doesn't have an effect on you. That's the objective goal. And sometimes uh, in the process, and people think, well, you're crazy with that. Now, sometimes in the process, you have to go to it with intention of I'm changing my mind and I'm going to this to figure out why I don't like it. Why and reprogram myself to no that that's not that's not what I want, you know would I want my wife being out there o- online like that? And again, I'm not talking about worldly people. I- I'm talking about people who claim faith in God, who are indulging in pornography and various other uh, aspects that are not appropriate, and thinking that they're getting away with it or thinking that it's okay and it's not. And that's, that's a fact of it. I, again, leave the world alone, let them do what they want to do. You're not going to get rid of it. And because you're not going to get rid of it, that means that it's going to become more and more accessible, even to the point where you probably won't be able to turn on a TV or watch a movie that doesn't have some sort of pornography in the mix of it. And if you happen to see something and you've dealt with that issue, no, uh, that's, that's not desirable to me. I don't want to have anything to do with it. Well, that within itself is helping build your emotional bond, you know, because how would you feel if it's the other way around, if it's the other person and you're not the one being looked at to be desired, but she's looking at somebody else and desiring them and then that takes away your pleasure. It, I had this thought, you know, you, you have self-gratification. And then a couple hours later, your wife decides she wants to have that intimate relationship with you. And you can't carry it through because so you cheat her because you wanted your own pleasure rather than to uh, deny yourself and be okay with whenever is good because truly you're not a sexual being as much as the world and everybody perceives or puts it out that you are and again from a faith perspective we shouldn't be pursuing to be that we should be pursuing to have a good balanced aspect of physical spiritual emotional in a relationship 
And that will bring pleasure from all areas. And what it does is it removes fights and quarrels, arguments, uh, frustration, aggravation, agitation. Why? Because you're both working towards a unified goal of being one. And you don't stand, or I would say the greatest portion of people don't stand in front of a mirror and sit there and argue with themselves all day long. But two married people who are supposed to be one will sit there and look in the mirror, looking at the other person, arguing all day long. No, you're one. You're one individual. Figure out how to work it out. Figure out how to get through and get past your own selfishness. Well, in order to do that, you have to die to self. And the only way you can die to self is the journey of faith in God. Others, other than that, you are not going to be able to walk this journey. That, that's a fact. And so don't go destroying the computer because of the pornography that's on it or don't go destroying the TV because here's what people don't see. Okay, what about what they call or what you can call soft porn? And you don't think it exists? All you have to do is get on Facebook and go through some of the Facebook reels. And that's about as close to pornography and people putting themselves out there that as you can get. But it's interesting because it's mainly driven towards men, meaning the audience of men. It's not really driven towards women because you don't have a lot of men on there doing the exact same thing. And so it's just important to know that, one, the bond that you have with somebody is not intended to be just physical. And so before you decide you're going to have that physical with somebody, you should have much more emotional and spiritual connection to decide that, you know what? I'm going to love this person, which means I'm going to put up with whatever their quirks are and they need to make the same decision because anybody who's gotten married, everybody wants to blame somebody else for the problems in their marriage rather than blaming themselves for looking for not looking for these issues before I had that physical union. Why? Because we're not taught that. We're not taught that in this world, and that's why we want to, you know, we're having this podcast is so people can be taught about it, that you need to find that spiritual, emotional connection with somebody before you go jumping in bed with them. I mean, that's, that's a fact. And then even at that, it needs to be with the intention of lifelong companionship, where you're connected to that one person that your desire is that one individual and you truly desire to have, have a relationship with them from all three perspectives. But what should come first? The spiritual, emotional, before you jump into the physical, because once you hit that pleasure, that it's an addictive uh, aspect and you got to be careful with that, and you have to know that it's addictive. And 
because it's addictive, then it's going to want to drive you towards things like pornography and self-gratification because you're addicted to the pleasure of it. So figure out how to get away from your addiction to the pleasure of it and make your addiction be to the spiritual and emotional connection with somebody, which will make the physical connection that much better, especially because the first two are greater than the third. The, the spiritual and emotional connection are much greater than the physical connection because that's what you do. You're, you're three parts in your life physical, spiritual, and emotional. Well, two of those are to a much greater degree. Why would we focus on the one that is less than 1% of your life? So it's just, it's, it's big and it's huge for people who want to know the truth about God to recognize these things, uh, have the faith in God, get circumcision of the heart, and figure out how to have the greatest bond and connection you can with the other person. And you can see it in people where, you know, they'll profess everything's great in their, their marriage. And well, nobody wants to say that their marriage is falling apart unless they're telling their close friends. But when your marriage falls apart, well, the divorce, by the time the divorce comes, You've already been living divorced, and that's why it would get to that degree, because both parties don't sit back and say, wait a minute, something's wrong here, and I don't want to go this path. I'm going to go a different path, but I promise you, the only way that you can truly do this is to have the fullness of faith in God, have their uh, their teaching their guidance, their protection on you to help you when you are in the fire, when something does pop up out of the blue, that you have the ability to say, you know, I don't want that. That That's, I, I desire my wife and my wife alone. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm going to do is desire her, not this. So what does it matter that I see it? If it can't penetrate my mind, nothing. And that's why we say it sometimes uh, on the journey of faith, when you are uh, going through it, that sometimes you have to run into the fire, but run into the fire with the idea that I've got a hose, I'm putting the fire out so that I don't get scorched, I don't get burned in the process. Something that we were taught by Yah, and this came to mind, was the aspect of prayer and prayer. We were told by Yah that prayer is conversational relationship. And just thinking about the, you mentioned the physical, the spiritual and emotional bond that in the word of God, you have the old Testament, which is the physical. You have the New Testament, which is the spiritual and emotional. So you must have all three in order to have, you know, that, that fullness. And it just made me think of, think about this and not even this is going to be from the past, but even just even with now as well that think about in the old way of thinking that, all right, you go to church on Sunday and you might go Wednesday evening, something like that. 
But if you go and just go to church one day a week and have 20 to 30 minutes with somebody, how can you really build a relationship that's physical, spiritual, and emotional? And, you know, like, or you go to that person twice a year, once on Easter, once at Christmas, Easter uh, service and a Christmas Eve service and everything's good with God. And, but I, I just, I was just thinking about that, that it's something that has to evolve because we just mentioned this about creation and evolution that conversational relationship is, is evolution. And when you start something, it'll evolve. So think about conversation with Yad that, and just speaking, this is, you know, cause this is for us first as well, before it's to anybody else thinking about conversations with Yah, that is it more, you know, how many conversations you have real quick, all right, done real quick, done as opposed to a consistent ongoing pray without ceasing that Paul mentions, constant communication, emotional, spiritual, all that stuff. And and that's the the mindset is to pray without ceasing, meaning Yah's relationship with us, us with them, draw near to them, they draw near to you, is to be a relationship which is constant and evolving, and it takes work uh, to do that. So these things here, like with we're talking about the physical with divorce and marriage. Well, in the spiritual realm, that that relationship, that marriage is to be ever growing, ever moving, and not just, you know, a conversation here, a conversation there. The goal is to more and more and increasing. You know, it's just like we've said this before that why do you do what you do? Because that's what you do. So if you want to change what you're doing, then change what you're doing, you know, to where you practice and all of this is practice, but if you don't have an awareness of it and you're not thinking about it, then you don't have an opportunity to change anything because you're not thinking about it. Like you're like, even for me, you're not thinking about that. You're thinking about the physical more than the other aspects. So start thinking about that, um, as a, you know, to have a relationship, it's to be, you know, well-rounded, meaning balanced and, it's just, this is just really good information to know and to, to think about that how your marriage in the physical, you know, how does that correlate to your marriage in the, in the spiritual and then vice versa. And just, I'm, I'm just, I'm, what I'm seeing just for me and just put this out there to those that are seeking with all your heart and even going past that, that you ask Yah for help and things. Um, I'm just seeing more that how Yah gives help to people and it's not necessarily based on your own understanding, but it's that Yah gives help with direct answers that they'll give to you, but they also give help through conversation and concepts and truth. So I just encourage those that are out there that when you're listening into the, to the podcast, if something sticks out in your mind, hold on to that and really look into it. Because if it's something that's really sticking out to you, that's going to be something for you to work on. And this is just a great opportunity just to gain more godly understanding and apply it to your life to where you can have the same understanding and you can escape the this world with its lusts and desires and you can turn it to the godly. And then, but if you're, if it's not presented to you and you don't take it to heart and really evaluate it, it's not going to do any good, but just those listening out there, just encourage you to take this in and really 
seek after it, seek the word of God, seek them to them to help you to understand these things, because these are things that when applied can really change your life for the better. And I'm just, just thankful to y'all that they're bringing this information out because a lot of this stuff, I don't remember when I was growing up and in youth and stuff like that, us talking about divorce and masturbation and pornography. It'd be like, no, you don't get into all that. You know, you just, but how many children, teenagers, adults are struggling with these things and you don't know how to bring it out or talk about it because you think that somebody's going to put you down or criticize you and think you're stupid or something like that. And then you never really talk about these things. And so people suppress it and just think everybody's okay and everybody's great. And then everybody else is just walking around living secret lives, doing all these things instead of, you know, like the word says, bring it out into the light so you can deal with it, you know, to where, you know, look at it, deal with it, move on. But uh, I'm just, just seeing how the, the physical aspect of the things in the world are really uh, geared so that you can understand the spiritual. And then as you understand the spiritual, that'll help you with the physical, same thing with if you have a problem with, you know, weight loss or have a problem with stress or something like that, well, look at the spiritual aspect, which will help the physical, which will drive the, the spiritual. And it's just a nice circular uh, pattern that goes on that because this is all circular information, that this isn't something that you're just going to fix overnight and everything's going to go away, but you can change the direction you're going by making a mind change to start in a direction of working this out, you know, and saying, Hey, I'm going to do these things. I'm going to figure this out and then start the process of learning and growing in it. But you cannot do any of this and overcome this without faith in Yah. This isn't something that you just, you know, you understand all this and you move on. No, it's gotta be, um, if you truly want to have a godly marriage, it must be where both persons have the fullness of faith, ultimately going on that journey and then ultimately coming to that for this to really be beneficial. It was interesting because I had this thought similar to uh, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. We have the uh, physical, emotional, and spiritual connection, and the greatest of these is the spiritual connection. Because, and I'm going to kind of realign with what you said with the aspect of God, starting with the physical. Um, because that's what we've been programmed in this life, that it's all about the physical. Well, why do you look to the looks of the person before you listen to their conversation, if you even listen to their conversation? So we, we go to the physical first and foremost as though that's the most important, where the objective goal would be to go to the most important first, which will drive your good decisions in the others. So you go to the spiritual connection with somebody first, then you go to the emotional connection, then you go to the physical connection. So you have the uh, spiritual connection that that will give you discernment of whether is the other person spiritual. I'm spiritual. I want somebody who's or not spiritual, but godly. I want somebody who's godly. And so I'm going to have conversations that drive around that perspective and then see where they are and see if they really want to have those conversations. If they don't, then I need to move on to somebody else before I have a physical connection with them. But that will, oh, wow, they, they like talking about the things of God and 
we can have these good conversations. So then you move to the emotional perspective and bring that in. And then when you lock in those two, then you have the ability to love somebody and to uh, have that physical union with them. And so it's just uh, really important because we need to know that we've been trained in this world to seek the physical first. You know, why if you're out in public in the dating scene, are you not, don't have a uh, veil that you can't see through between two people while they're having conversations about things and make a decision that you want to move on because of the conversations? No, people would, they, they don't date like that. No, what's the first thing? Uh, I want to see your picture. And, you know, that's why you have a lot of times, uh, I guess it's the people that are fishing or whatever, where they'll put specific pictures up there. Why? Because you're programmed to look for a specific look physically first. And if you find that look physically and you like that, the odds are you're not going to pursue the spiritual and the emotional perspective. And again, talking to people who are either in faith or on the journey of faith that want to know the truth of God, that this will give you help to start lining up either if you're single and you're not connected to somebody yet or you are already connected, it gives you the ability to increase and improve and get better. But the objective goal from a faith perspective should be pursue spiritual conversations with somebody that you might have an interest in. And if they're not engaging in the spiritual conversations, is that somebody you want to be connected to? It's about being uh, wise and going into relationships with eyes open eyes wide open, wow, they don't want to talk about spiritual things. I want nothing more than to be pleasing to God, so I'm going to move past this person no matter what they look like. Well, that's a tough thing to overcome because you're programmed in this life, everybody, to look at the looks of somebody because they have some sort of physical attraction to you, and that's what gets you going. And a lot of times, people have that union, they get married, and they never get to the physical, I mean, they never get to the emotional and spiritual connection, and it's huge, and people will be like, well, that's just crazy, and no, well, from a faith perspective, it's not. If you truly want to be pleasing to God, you have to reverse the order. You have to pursue the spiritual perspective, like pursuing the spiritual with Abba and then pursuing the emotional with Yeshua and then the spiritual with mother. I mean, the physical where we're all, we're joined to God that, you know, because the physical representation in this life has a spiritual representation. So we should be seeking the spiritual aspects of God. This is part of weighing the cost to see if, you know, do I really want to I uh, dive into this. Is this really something that um, I'm going to be steadfast in and I'm going to stay in? Well, you can't do that on the initial 
look, isn't that what happens with accept Jesus as Lord and Savior? It's the initial physical connection that you're looking for, and you dive into it, and then you find out that you don't have the spiritual emotional connection, and therefore you really don't have the physical connection because Messiah is not going to join himself to anybody who isn't seeking to be spiritually and emotionally collected to him. And at what point are you in him is the physical comes last, that you are in Messiah after circumcision of the heart. So on the faith journey, for people who want to know the truth and are seeking God, you must pursue the spiritual and emotional connection to God first. And so what you should do is you have the spiritual, you seek the spiritual connection with Abba. Then you seek the emotional connection, which gives you the ability to, okay, emotionally, I want to do these things. And then that gives you the ability to repent. Okay, now you've entered into the, the first part, now you have to pr- pursue Messiah from the same perspective, pursue Messiah from the spiritual perspective, and then the emotional, and then the agreement to obedience, and then you move to mother, and then once you have circumcision of the heart is when you get the physical in him, the in him comes last, the physical comes last, but we don't have that uh displayed in a dating and marriage world that we live in and forego the world, shame on those who are in faith that choose not to see these things and choose not to change. It's it's not a fact. Everybody who's involved in it has done this. It's when you recognize it, are you going to change it? Wow, I didn't realize that I was using Messiah as a prostitute because I was just trying to get the salvation from him, the pleasure of being in the kingdom, rather than I was pursuing Messiah because I really wanted to get a connection with them. And so you use Messiah as a prostitute when you don't go through the full gospel message and when you pursue the physical connection with Messiah first, then uh, you forego the spiritual and emotional connection in the midst of it. So just again, really important that people from a faith perspective are digging in and trying to figure out how to have the spiritual and emotional connection with God that will bring the physical connection which then, in that physical connection, then gives you the ability to walk in faith, to walk in the light as he is in the light, to, to be able for people to see that you're set apart like he is set apart. And so that's just uh, another aspect of just huge understanding. And truly, for anybody seeking God, if you want to increase and improve your relationship with your wife or your husband, then your pursuit 
doesn't drop everything, but your pursuit goes to more of a spiritual connection first, then the emotional connection, and then the physical connection. And this is not something you can do overnight because we've been programmed in this world to do it the opposite direction. Stop pursuing God as though God's a prostitute to give you your pleasure in the kingdom of God rather than, no, I want to truly have this bonded connection with God. And so I'm going to figure out the emotional, spiritual perspective of this so that I can then walk in faith. I can walk in the light as he is in the light. I can live my life as Messiah did because I've gone through those steps necessary. And until you do, you're still using God and Messiah as a prostitute. And Phil, you'll know this because when I say this, you're going to be like, oh, probably this would be my best guess three to four years ago. And we were meeting as the men and we were sitting over on this side of your house as I'm pointing and I'll bring this up. That's something y'all told us and they've told us this again. They're going to tell us again. And it brings this about brings understanding of y'all told us stop having sex with God. What in the world does that mean? Y'all just giving what it means. Stop pursuing God at the beginning as a physical pursue them spiritual and emotional. Then you'll have the bond with them and it won't be about sex. Cause think about it. Stop having sex. Stop going to them like a prod. Give me what I want. All right, good. All right. I'll go to God. It feels good. Great. All right, God, I need this. Thank you. That's it. And then, you know, stop using them as a prostitute. And we didn't, I wasn't seeing it at the time, but them helping us to discover. Cause I was just like, wow. So get to a point, stop having sex with them, have a relationship with them spiritually and emotionally to where you will, have a bond with them of unity. And it's not about having sex with them is meaning like just a frivolous, selfish thing. It'll be about, you'll have that bond with them and you'll be one and you won't be pursuing it just from that one perspective. And I was just like, wow, that even back then, but y'all not saying here's what it means. No, cause we didn't have the understanding of what we know now. So can you see how you put it together? And does that make sense now? I'm like, wow. So that makes sense as wow like if because what do you go to a prostitute for oh, i really want to know about her and know who she is no i just want her i want to feel that pleasure i'm leaving i don't want to see her again well that's what you've been doing and you're not seeing it but yah doesn't say you know you have to do this it's just saying you're not seeing it but let me give you time to discover it so you can see it for yourself and think about the the old life we used to live we were using god like that well, just on Sunday, I feel good. All right. And you, you know, I don't know if you've heard this term in the world. I've said it before, you know, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. You know, it was something in high school and how horrible is that to say, but isn't that what, well, I'm not going to say, isn't it? I did that in the past that would just, well, what's this going to be? I'm not your secretary. Oh yeah. Don't come to me just to get what you want and leave me sitting there at the curve. That's not the point of it. But the, <laughs> Just the things that y'all will give out like that. And then they'll, they'll give you time to roll it around. But, um, and that's just one thing that y'all told us. They've told us many other things, but they've told us things like that before. And once you get 
understanding of it. And you're like, wow. So that's what they were talking about in regards to that. And this is just a, a big help that, you know, if you don't realize something, then you don't realize it. But, but it's true. Just now you can set your mind and start changing things in this aspect. And I'm just so praise to God that they're giving us opportunity to bring out these subjects because I'm convinced that there's so many people out there that, my gosh, why can't we, somebody finally is talking about these things that you may want to talk about, but like, how in the world do I bring this up to somebody to talk about these struggles that I have? Am I the only one that's struggling with this? No, you're not. But what happens is, is that you get into where everybody's hiding everything and nobody wants to be vulnerable and actually say, Hey, I'm struggling with this because if you say you struggle, then I'm going to be weak and I can't be weak. And no, you, you, you're already weak, even if you don't realize it. Um, but how can you take, how can you have Yah's strength? If you're walking around strong, you can't that like the, in the word, it says that my strength is made perfect in weakness. That what, what is the point of having the strength of somebody? If you're doing everything, it's when you're weak that you need the strength of somebody else. Uh, to help. But yeah, I just wanted to bring that out because we were told that and now it makes sense that, you know, that don't go from that perspective, start on the spiritual, emotional, then you'll have that bond because it makes sense that in him is no sin. Well, and that's the thing, you're not going to have that physical relationship with him. If you're being a prostitute still, it's not going to happen. So it just, it just, just brings more clarity to the truth. Yeah, and like we said at the beginning of this, that there's so much to it. I mean, this is one of those things that, I mean, we could break down each individual part of the questions and, or the the question and, you know, premarital sex and fornication and divorce and, uh, because there's so much to it, but today just giving a good solid base of what mother wanted for everybody to hear um, and there's a lot of good information. So just a quick recap that there is no such thing as premarital sex. When you have sex with somebody, that's when you're continued considered to be bound to that person. The only premarital sex that you might be able to have would be a self gratification with self. I uh, God hates divorce, so they don't accept the aspect of divorce. That's why you have to die to self, so you die to the enemy, so that you don't divorce the enemy, but you die to the enemy, and then you can be united to God. Only if you die to self can you then be united to God uh, in the end. And so with that, Sean, do you have any uh, closing comments as we head out? Just something that came to mind that we've talked about. It was a few months ago about the covenants that from the old covenant to the new covenant, that the, the transfer is when you die. It made me think about that, that because you have, you don't divorce the old covenant, you die under the old so that you can be resurrected to the new. So it's a transfer when you die to the, the everlasting covenant and just even goes with this, that, you, you just, you die to it so that you can live to the other things. So, you know, if you want to gain your life back, you've got to die to self. You have to give up your life in order to gain it back again. But 
no, I just give praise to Yah for this information. This is helping me listening and evaluating this for my own life. Uh, and just encourage everybody just to listen to this and really dig into it and apply it because this is just an, just more truth from Yah that will actually help you to actually change your life for the better. So uh, just remind everybody, Tuesday evening podcast, 730. Uh, we do have uh, email Hidden Treasures Revealed at AOL.com, Facebook page, Hidden Treasures Revealed. Any comments, questions? Would really enjoy doing that, but just enjoy, i um, just grateful to Mother for bringing those listening and uh, enjoy the conversation, Phil. Just look forward to the next one. Thank you for joining us today on Hidden Treasures Revealed. We want to leave you with this thought. The greatest treasure in life, and especially in faith,